Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. And I'm Tom. <laughs> Apparently. Tom's distracted by the puppy. <laughs> Don't be distracted by the puppy. We will allow this. We will allow Frank to be a massive distraction. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So Simon, are you ready? See. Si. Tom, are you ready? I am now. Frank. Are you ready? Just don't chew my cables. If you guys are ready... Give us a thumbs up. Yeah, give us a thumbs up from Frank. If you guys are ready, let's dive into this week's episode. played Azul. We Played is a series where we talk about an epic board game that we played this week, and this week is the tile drafting, palace decorating, colour juggling, combo building Azul. In this episode we'll be diving into the things we liked and breaking down the elements that make it great, because at the end of the day we only play awesome games, and Azul is a beautiful little puzzle of a game. In the game Azul, players will take turns drafting coloured tiles from suppliers to their player board. Later in the round, players will score points based on how they've placed their tiles to decorate the palace. Azul will play two to four players, is designed by Michael Kiesling, and is published by Next Move or Plan B Games depending on your market. Let's start as we always do by talking about the components and art design. I love how this game looks. It's it's one of those games where someone says it's a game about making mosaics and tiles, and you're like, what? And that, then you look at it, and everything about it is visually appealing. Yeah, the aesthetics are fantastic. Mm. Hugely, yeah, huge, appealing is a very good word to use. Um, it's a simple enough game. Uh, there's not vast number of components, no. but every component is of good quality and. Yeah, just look. It, it's great to handle, and it's, it's got great to look a, like at. a weighty, chunky feeling to all the pieces. All the card is like either double stock or or just sort of very sturdy cardboard. Indeed, indeed, and the box art is you know essentially looking at a, a tiled wall. It's exactly what you'd expect of these. You know, we're not just talking of terracotta here. These are high quality. A custom design hand hand painted tiling or well, that's what they're looking to represent these classic uh, turkish tiles well if you've ever been to portugal you will have seen these types of tiles before um having recently been to lisbon there is uh, a wide variety of these beautifully painted hand painted tiles and that's what azul is representing right so in terms of the theming of the game it's trying to represent you are Portuguese tile makers or tile designers, tile painters, going to decorate a palace. And it's mm. adequately beautiful. Yeah, I don't know why I just said Turkish. I'm going to immediately revert that. Spain before, and Portugal, right? Yeah, before I... Before, I don't know. It's been a long day. Before, before I get one comment in six months going, why did he say Turkish? Spanish and Portuguese themed. Uh, so we've got 100 high quality, either resin or good quality plastic tiles. I in, think they're plastic, yeah. Uh, five different colours, uh, one of which I was referred to as custard yellow, uh, red, blue, black <laughs> and the snowflake. <laughs> it is a custard yellow. Yeah. It, it's that kind of satisfyingly clacky material. Yes. Right, whatever that is. It's the same material that you've got in the Rising Sun 
Kickstarter mandate tiles. That's right, yeah. yeah. The same, and same as a bananagram. That's right. Tiles. And the hive. Think of Scrabble tiles. Yeah, the hive also. Oh, no, nicer than Scrabble, I'd Heavier. say. Heavier. Well, yeah. more weighty. Okay, maybe a more modern version of Scrabble. The one I have is from 1970-something <laughs> and held together with more sellotape than cardboard. You have uh, the factory displays. So each of your suppliers is represented by a, a little sort of coaster-size mat. Yeah, I think of them as the prettiest beer mat I've ever seen. Pretty, prettiest <laughs> little coaster Don't you dare put your yeah. wet drink on that. Yeah, uh, and depending on the number of players you have, there'll be a variable number of factory suppliers. Yeah. So you've got uh, tiles that are sort of grouped up by the factory suppliers that are available for you to uh, pick from. You've got a lovely player board, mm-hmm. uh, which is simultaneously a, a points tracker, and a place for you to place your tiles and a place for you to score your tiles and keep track of any negative points and player raid and bonus points reminder really, and everything. Really dynamic and neatly designed player board, I think. It's only about 10 by 10 inches, I'd say. Mm. And yeah, you've got your, your points tracker at the top, which doesn't take up much space at all. And then you've effectively got your staging area to the one to the left-hand yep. side and your tiled area, i.e. your finished tiled wall product on the right-hand side. Yeah, and it's uh, double-sided as well. It is, yes. So the main side, the the basic side, as we'd call it, has a predetermined pattern of each of these five colours. They effectively run in diagonals, so your blue runs top left to bottom right. Your yellow is then shifted along one line, red, black, and snowflake, etc., uh, the only other thing to mention is the gorgeous linen bag which all of the tiles are kept in and distributed from. I think that's a really neat touch. So rather than being another little plastic Ziploc bag, you've got this lovely ribbon-tied linen bag to drop and all your tiles into. it's decorated with the same um, art as the box cover. Yeah, there's no mistaking this game. Once you've seen it once, you'll mm-hmm. you'll see it anywhere again and go, ah. It's a wonderfully consistently designed game. Even the player mats kind of look ceramic. Everything's got this kind of ceramic look to it. Do you know what I mean? Sort of like ceramic tiles. Yeah, everything reminds you of tiles. That's, yeah. that's the point. It's sort of, um, it's all one big sort of mosaic, isn't it? The art design is bang on the money. They've mm. done exactly what they need to do. And it's very, done in such a high quality. The rules are super slimline. I mean, the rule book is is essentially one piece of folded paper. The gameplay itself, which we'll get to in a sec, is pretty straightforward. I'd say probably two of the four main pages of that rule book are telling you how the intricacies of scoring rather than playing. There's a whole section that tells you about the history of tile makers, you know, because yeah. they don't need a lot of space for rules. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got to fill up this print somehow, just yeah. uh, fill it with history of tile making. Well, fair play. Well, let's talk about those core mechanics of the game, Simon. How do you even win a game of Azul? As we already mentioned, there's a points track at the top of your uh, player board, and you score points both as you place tiles in each round and then end-of-game bonuses. And obviously, the higher the points, the better. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because it's sort of a mix of um, uh, sort of tiling to complete rows and columns, and then... Uh, trying to place your tiles in a sort of a, a correct order in order to combo build to score those tiles as highly as possible when you when you build them because you score the uh, effectively the tile that you place and any lines and columns that it creates when That's you place right. the tile. Yeah, so any given tile will score one point if there's nothing around it. Mm-hmm. You place it next to one other tile, you score two points for placing that one. If you get one above it and one next to it, you score four points because mm. you've scored the line and then the column. 
So you can end up with a single placement of a tile getting you up to 10 points ten, yeah, in ten one points, placement. 10 points is, and finishing the game. And finishing the game, yeah. Um, so yeah, as Tom says, it, you can kind of go a bit slapdash and you scatter your tiles I, I definitely ad hoc. played it that way the first time and didn't really realise that it was supposed to be combo building. <laughs> I was just, it, just picking tiles and having mm, a good time. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the tiles that you place, uh, and I think this is, again, one of the core mechanics, really, the thing that makes this stand out for me, the tiles are placed initially from this gorgeous linen bag on one of these factory tiles. They're placed in groups of four at random, so it can be any combination of these mm-hmm, five different mm-hmm. colours. And then it goes round in turns and you pick up from one of those factory yeah. tiles. So it's like a it's like a drafting mechanic, but you're drafting tiles. Yeah. Like a yeah. So those uh, factory tiles, that's the coasters, isn't it? The beer coaster yeah. type things. And it's interesting. Yeah. You must take all of the same type of tile, right? You from, pick from up one from coaster. one factory coaster. Pick up all of one colour from one place and place it in your staging area on one of the five lines that are available to you. Mm-hmm. It's important to know those lines, if you did mention it already, are staggered. Indeed. they Yeah, the top line is a single space and then two, three, four and five. Uh, so to fill your bottom line, you need to pick up from these different factory tiles on each round uh, a total of five of the same colour. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the round or end of the factory stage when all of the tiles that are available for drafting has been picked, you then place a tile from your any complete line to your your wall, effectively. Mm-hmm. So, so depending on which tile uh, line you want to score against, you'll have a harder or an easier time trying to fill up that row because you'll need between one and five tiles of the same colour. That's it. So on my first turn, I might think, well, I want a red one on the top mm-hmm. line. I'll pick up one red tile from a place that has only one red, and I'll place that in my staging area. Mm-hmm. The ones I don't want go into the middle of yeah, the factory tile. Yeah, that's the interesting bit, isn't it? So you end up with this pool of so currently unwanted drafting, tiles. But instead of passing your hand to the left in a card game or whatever, all of the other tiles that don't get picked go into one massive pool in the middle that become initially quite limited and then potentially tempting to people who want to pick up maybe three or four tiles of one colour and then possibly completely unwieldy if, if that pool then ends up containing a large pile of one colour and you can't pick those up. Indeed, yeah, it could well go round and everyone wants everything except the red ones. So all of the red <laughs> ones get dumped into the middle and suddenly you're left in this seven or eight, maybe even nine red tiles in the middle and you're thinking, well, someone has to pick these mm. up. Yeah. And that can actually be a tactic. And you can Much I, like lemons, you can't hold all of them. So. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't tend to myself <laughs> overstudy bitter. what everyone else has got, but there's definitely elements later game with certain people that you're playing against. You might think there's no way they can fit all of the mm. remaining hate tiles. Yeah, hate draft it. Uh, yeah. So you, you actively take something you don't necessarily <laughs> want quite so much to force a player to take a whole bunch of things that they can't fit. And everything that they take that they can't fit on a valid line of their staging area effectively drops to the floor is how it's, it's like described. An, it's like an overflow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's wasted product. And each of those is uh, filled up a line at the bottom of your player board and is a negative score at the end of that round. Mm, so mm. it's uh, not only, oh, I pick up the ones I want, but oh, I need to make sure I don't pick up the ones I don't want. And it's yeah. quite an interesting Di- dynamic yeah you know, like you, you say oh i love it i think it's fantastic i mean like you say you've got those five scoring areas on your board that you can put tiles to but you can only put one type on each of one of those mm-hmm. rows and as soon so, as you start filling up the as soon row you start you, filling, you're you committed to, to that, that color yeah, yeah you're committed so 
if you commit to you know certain colours and the colours left over on those factory coasters you've already placed, mm. you're shafted. Mm-hmm. You can't put them on your staging area because you filled those up to score with. If the turns go around and you're left with a big pile of red, like you say, say I've got six red left in the centre of the board. It's, I'm the final person to act. I must take those if that's all that's left. Mm. And I will lose a whole heap of points. And it's not just six points. It's kind of this... It's uh, incremental, yeah. It's interesting. It's sort of like um, uh, it, it's hard to visualize maybe when we're explaining it. Because ah, you'll take a peek on the yeah, Instagram. Look at, look at the Instagram. Have a look at Simon's nice pictures. But as you move your or as you complete rows of tiles and you score in each round, uh, a completed row translates into one tile of a given color that is then moved across into this sort of five by five grid for for scoring. And as we said before, you score then based on completing rows and columns or or grouping tiles together to combo them. But it's a predetermined grid with colours in fixed locations, Hmm. which will determine where your tile will move across to because you're moving a tile to the matching colour. So as you go, the, the choice of tiles that you have... And when you want to complete the rows to combo build and score as many points as possible is also limited not just by the colours that are available but by the colours that you have left yeah. in that 5x5 five five grid on any given row. Yeah, if you're a pattern, to describe. <laughs> if, if you're a pattern spotter like me, you'll tend to notice that people fill from a corner mm. or in a, effectively a wave across the board because it makes more sense to put your next tile next to something you've already got mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. if you're always dodging and darting around the board you're not going to be anywhere close to maximizing or optimizing your score yes um, so yeah you're, you you'll, you'll always notice it tends to either come from a corner out or mm. go in a line across the board yeah you, i mean you do get you do get some bonus points if you pick up one tile of each color for each line so you have effectively each line completed with the corresponding color say all five of the black tiles move to your five by five grid that's bonus points that's a satisfying bonus but the layout is such that they're not really probably going to be scoring you many points um in rows and columns yeah because they they are staggered diagonally as opposed to that's right yeah and to get all five rows filled with one colour, that means that throughout the rounds you'll have had to pick up a minimum of 15 of the same mm-hmm. colour. Yeah, one of it, then two of it, then three, then four, then five. And also, it's obvious that you're committing to it. Mm. So it makes it easier for other people to outdraft you for those colours if they need to, which is totally legitimate. And I think, is, which we'll talk about later, is probably an element of advanced play of this game. Mm. This game will play... a over at least five rounds, right? So Indeed. it will the game end will trigger once you've completed one complete row. Right. Yeah. First player to complete a row triggers the end of the Which game. Which is one of every type of tile on yeah. your board. So you have a blue, yellow, red, black and snowflake in a row. All in a row across the board. Mm-hmm. It can be in any of the five rows, but it's a complete row. So you're more likely to fill the top row first than the bottom row first. Yeah, yeah. you could potentially take one of each colour for five rounds in a row and end the game and then uh, go home because you're a boring sod. I, I, <laughs> you could, you could I will yeah. try that once. <laughs> I'll try it once to see if it works. It's, but you will massively hemorrhage your own score. Yeah, there. there's no way you'd win. The Ability to trigger the game end is also 100% another tactical decision that you can make. Um, If you're seeing that someone else 
it maybe needs one more round yeah, to get a if, big fat score. Yeah, you guys know, to, screw it. I they're can... trying to build up sort of two intersecting yeah. lines and you can see it coming. You can go, well, I'm going to Well, actually, I'm now. ahead now. Let's mm. trigger the end so they don't get to that point. A bit mm. like when we were playing Century Spice Road and it was yes. first to draw their fifth card and think, well, okay, it might not be the highest points scoring card, but if I can get it, yeah. It's one more card than everyone else will have. No one else will have, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad you brought Century Spice Road up in this discussion because I see a lot of parallels, which again we'll talk about later. Not in terms of the game design, because they're very different, but in their intended weight, vibe. It's, yeah, you know, almost a similar sort of ethos, if ethos that's not as too much of a word to use. Yeah, 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 kind of easy to learn, potentially very to deep to yeah. play and master. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, this isn't a depth of chess, but, you know, beyond your pawn moves forward think, two spaces, yeah, your knight goes forward and left. Yeah. This is your tiles move from here to here. Okay, fair enough. But, did, oh, actually, this can do... And then, le- yeah, levels and... There's levels the game game. We, we yeah. said during play, I think, Wayne, you said, you you know, you could imagine um, old geezers in in uh, Portugal yeah. Sort of yeah. sitting, sitting out and playing rounds and rounds and rounds of this overall. Because I think it yeah. could get... Very tactical. Incredibly tactical. I'm, Particularly I'm if you're it. playing with like only two players. Oh, yeah. And you're just sort of bouncing off each other and, and very much paying attention to what the other person is playing. Yeah, I've done a few head-to-head games of this and there's very much that, not quite a screw you tactic to it's it. It's more take, direct. Take yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very much Whereas, more direct. Yeah, you know, we've just played in groups of three and I'm sat there thinking, well, Wayne needs at least one more red to fill that row. And if he mm. fills that row, he'll get a good score. But if I take the one remaining red to prevent that, it will then open the thing up for Tom to then have yeah. three of the snowflakes he needs to fill that yeah. row instantly. Oh, oh, and then you can you can count sort of the remain you can estimate the remaining number of draft picks that are left depending on how many factory tiles Definitely. there are yeah. still with with unpicked tiles yeah. and how many colours there are in the middle. Yeah. I was absolutely counting ahead for my picks and looking at my colours and seeing what you guys needed to try and... And to save my brain, I just went, what do I need? I'm going to pick it <laughs> For the most part, anyway. Alrighty, so let's talk about the theme and gameplay interaction for us all. Uh, Simon, does us all feel thematic and does the gameplay work together with the theme? I really enjoy this theme. I think that's abundantly clear. I'm the son of a potter, so I've been around ceramics yeah. a good good long while now. <laughs> I sounds like this whole you <laughs> son of a potter. I know, right? Um I doubt my dad's listening, but if he is he'll be he'll be in he lives in Kiln Lane of all places. Oh, so. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, one of many Kiln Lanes around the country. But uh yeah that's quite satisfying. Um so yeah as I said gorgeous to look at and I think it suits the mm. theme mm. and the gameplay really well that you are collecting and sourcing these tiles from far off lands to then make this specific pattern in a certain way trying to minimize yeah, your losses because it's a pattern building pattern recognition game and the combo building stuff sort of sits underneath it 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 does feel like it might be a, dif- a difficult game to reskin i've yeah. seen um, what's the game that's the stained glass windows sagrada sagrada it, that sort of similar sort of game yeah uh, where you're building patterns and it's sort yeah. of a, an element of puzzle building and and uh, combo drafting mechanics i i would find this difficult to divorce theme and gameplay it could be theme agnostic yeah right so this could be 
a entirely well it isn't it's an abstract strategy game or an abstract puzzle it game it could just be coloured tiles coloured tiles or no whatever patterns right, exactly you could, you could have anything it could be you know, kanji it could be whatever you like yeah right? absolutely uh, to, to make the patterns as you wish but as you say this is such a wonderfully aesthetically pleasing theme to paint on top of this abstract strategy game that I'm not surprised at how successful it's been. Yeah, I fully agree. It doesn't need the theme, but the theme it's got is great. And it works beautifully. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, Tom, you mentioned Sagrada there. Yeah. Uh, there's actually three different versions of this available now as well. <laughs> well One of which is uh, the stained glass of Sintra. Yeah. Uh, we've also got the summer pavilion. Yeah. And these both yeah. have different variations on the board and uh, tiling setup. And then the most recent release is uh, the Queen's Garden which is to create the perfect uh, garden patterns yeah. for yeah. the Queen Maria of Aragon. So they're all kind of staying in this, uh, not quite medieval, a bit more recent than that, but... It's this sort of... Um, Renaissance era, Yeah, I maybe, yeah. Do we know if the Royal, mechanics change at all? Because they're, they they're, they're sort of standalone versions. Yes, they? yeah, they're, they're standalones rather than mm. um, add-ons, but all effectively within the same same world, so if it's you will. similar framework. Yeah, they'll share a sort of a genetic heritage, um, but they are different games in terms of yeah they'll share the tile maybe placement laying but how they implement it will be very different but i like the fact that they're all sort of this art based royal you know very almost highbrow theming it's quite nice it's yeah it's lovely yeah, yeah. It's, it's i mean this is one of my games uh so you know versus the craziness of something like zia <laughs> or yeah, like yeah. wayne's lowbrow uh <laughs> it's not high versus low but it's just you know there's, <laughs> it's going to um take britain versus take modern you're going to see the classics yeah rather than going to see the pop art i True. love pop art by the way so you know it's in no way a, a diss on it's just it's a it's more of a wingspan kind of a bit more pastoral True. i use the term pastoral quite a bit when describing this kind of game it, it's more muted it's somewhat less com- overtly competitive it's a bit more slow paced if you want it to be but it's by yeah, no means a could, slow yeah. you could game. play it with the right people and it not be competitive at all mm. you could just enjoy the game as a family weight game yeah. with your family yeah. so let's talk about the gameplay flow Tom how do you feel about the turn length in Azul it's super short um, good lord I mean, is it yeah, yeah <laughs> particularly near the beginning of the round um, I mean drafting wise we're picking maybe four or five sets of tiles each per round. So yeah. it's not a huge number of turns, but each turn is a matter of seconds. It's just picking the colours that you want to try and fill a, a, a line that you've either started filling or that you want to try and complete that round or that you you know, you know, want to take those tiles away from someone else. The, yeah. the only real sort of complexity to it, I guess, is depending on how much you want to dig into it, whether you're looking at what other people are looking for or yes. trying to plan a couple of turns ahead and trying to work out whether you'll be able to grab two tiles, then one tile, then three tiles and complete your line of five, yeah. or whether you need to sort of just grab uh, sort of one tile at a time and hope for the best or, 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 or just complete the lines that are available to you with the number of tiles that you can do in one move. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. I think the, the turn length is about as quick as it can be and only slowed down by the level of thought that you want to put into forward planning for that yeah. round. Yeah. yeah, as I say, I, I, I force myself because I know I can 
sit there and try and work out every possible permutation of if I pick up that one then that will fill that line but it will leave those tiles in the middle and he'll want the and <laughs> speed as all is where I, it's at I can't I can't be dealing with that. this game in theory is a 30 minute game I'd say oh it will play in that um, easy yeah, yeah. so yeah the, those factory tiles first of all get generally filled up with a good mixture of you know ones and twos of each given color sometimes there's a three and I think on one occasion I've had one factory tile where there's four of the same color yeah if there's four of the same colour comes out, Grab it. guaranteed Do first it. pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% of the time. Unless absolutely. it's the one colour that you don't need multiples of in a late stage game. Yeah, I mean, even if you're talking, having played this a hundred times and you're deep into the complexities and the levels of Azul, I still don't think a turn's more than 30 seconds. No, yeah. I don't think uh, it could be. Yeah. And then in terms of scoring, that's done simultaneously. Once yeah. you've done all the, the tile drafting... Uh, every complete line in your staging area, you move the right hand most tile to your scoring uh, table, do the scoring as you go, and everyone does their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, you uh, so, work from yeah. sort of top to bottom, so you, you score a maximum of five mm-hmm. lines at a time. So it, it's not hard to do. You're just counting up how many tiles you can connect each time you lay a new tile. Yeah. So, as I say, we've played a relatively relaxed game with the yeah, three of us very in relaxed. half an hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. easy peasy. So, Tom, where would you put the clarity of the rules for us all? Oh, so they, these are super simple rules. Uh, the rule book itself is all of about five or six pages, and it's not a big, chunky rule book at all. It's not, you know, small no. text or anything like that. Um, I have only played this game once before, yeah. and uh, that was quite some time ago. It's been so a while, yeah. I, I refreshed my memory on the rules in about two minutes, yeah. um, and, and that was it. There's There's really only sort of three or four steps to the game and it was just a case of sort of reminding myself about how the tile yeah. picks and the, the pernickities of the scoring and the actually the scoring yeah. is perhaps the only the only bit that 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 uh, needs a little bit more reading yeah uh, because there is there is definitely some tactics there the way that you pick your tiles out and in which order in order to try and score yeah the most it's, imp- it's important to understand how the tiles you place will score because yeah, so otherwise you'll just pick them. one point yeah. at a time um never get any other combos yeah, yeah i've ex- i've taught this to a, a few people both of you included yeah i didn't find it hard to understand the basic concept is exactly that a very basic concept and then there's a f- couple of intricacies that if this then that if mm. this then that you must always pick up all of if you're picking up from anywhere you know it's a pretty damn straightforward game yeah, exactly. It's not particularly weighty, and we'll talk about that very shortly. It's incredibly clear to me how it works. Like you say, it's just a, a little bit of... I'll tell you my experience of having seen us all as an, an impression. My first impressions versus when we played it for the first time, Simon, was mm-hmm. how it scored and how I placed tiles was different to how I imagined it. I thought you plucked one and popped it on your board. Yeah. I think that's how most people would imagine yes. it. That's yeah. not the case. So yeah, um, that vital preparation stage is the ga- is where the game is made. <laughs> yeah, lost. exactly. And so I think that's really for most people that are new to board games, that would only be the thing to explain. But it didn't seem uh, no, it's it's not complicated at all. You could teach this to your grandparents probably very easily. So let's talk about the complexity weight, Simon. Where would you put it on the scale? Two to two and a half. Yeah, uh, as, as we've said before, the. Depth of gamesmanship available for experienced players will make it slightly weightier, but generally the game is not that heavy a game. It's no, it's a no. quick game. It's easy to learn. 
Can anyone remember where we put Century Spice Road? I think, I think two. I put it closer to a two. Yeah. Um, the, yeah I think it was about I'd the same. This two is and probably half. maybe a, not necessarily simpler. I think there might be actually more tactics yeah. to this because you can more easily predict what other people are doing. I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Once, I think once you've sort of got to grips with game, probably but, more tactics yeah. to this, but less. In terms of the game mechanic, yeah. in the same it's open way. information in this game, yeah. right? Where Century is, is there's not. a lot of um, uh, drafting from decks with a lot of variety. Whereas this, you're only ever taking five colors of tiles. True, I think you're right. I think around two, two and a half is is pretty much spot on for Izzle, and is uh, very very accessible indeed. So let's move on to these final thoughts. Um, Simon, what do you like most about Azul? I can't just say the the clicky clacky tiles, can I? That's yeah, just silly. Hundred percent, you can. <laughs> I like them too. <laughs> um, yeah, just the overall feel. As I, you know, I used the word ethos earlier, and it might sound a bit wanky to say that, but uh, <laughs> just to have a game that said, you know, yeah, you can have space lasers, yeah, you can have dragons, yeah, you can have space lasers you know, on your dragons, ancient deep things coming out, and you need to investigate all levels of craziness. Yeah. What we're going to do is say, these things look really pretty and we're going to give you a structure on how you place them. <laughs> yeah. Man. And that is a game that's worth playing. It's a game playing. about tiling your bathroom. And it's a game that's <laughs> worth playing. It, well, exactly. Yeah, quite right. Tom, it's worth saying as well, pointing out, we said exactly the same thing about smartphone ink. Who it wants is. to play an economy yeah. game about having a smartphone company? And the same thing about Winspan. Who wants to play a board game about bird watching? Uh, there's a ton of people that want to mm-hmm. do that because mm-hmm. it's a nice accessible theme. Not everyone in the hobby wants to, you know, guns and explosions. Yeah, guns and, and explosions. Monsters. And you know, loads of, there's loads of people outside the hobby that would love uh, a relaxed, chilled out theme like this. Yeah. I mean, if you and came from traditional board games, yeah, this is a very good gateway into other stuff. Yeah, we're talking things like, you know, we mentioned chess and checkers or, or drafts in the UK. and mm. you know, that I, sort of... I, I haven't played chess in school, so I don't know if it's a valid comparison, but there's part I, of my I, I brain... I probably that... the rules haven't changed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't know. <laughs> um, you didn't get the expansion, Tom, that's mm. it. 4D laser <laughs> chess. Expansion, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good point. There is <laughs> yeah. 3D chess in there. Um, but no, I think it would possibly suit that mindset, possibly preempting your end question of who this, who's this for i think it might suit people that are into that you know chess checkers that kind of mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah it's a thinky game without being overly like de- you know complicated and unnecessarily procedural it's just yeah yeah I, I can i can see where this is easy going. to play plenty of room to get good at the game mm. yeah and um, it, yeah you will yeah. you can get better at this game oh you absolutely can yeah, yeah. yeah so tom what do you like most about us all uh, I, I I love the way it looks. It's it's definitely the the aesthetic. Yeah. Um, all all of the pieces are clearly um, designed with the intention of evoking that sort of um, tiled wall mosaic theme. The box, the bag, yeah. the rule book, the every single tile, the player mats, the factory mats. Everything is decorated with tile patterns. Yeah, it's really nice. I like, and this is a very esoteric thing to say. I like the vibe of Azul. Mm. We were sitting down, like quietly and rarely for us playing board games, quietly thinking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> thinking, like, I, I'm going to pick this tile. I'll, I'll spend my 10 seconds quietly considering, hmm, 
I'll take this one, Diesel going to the middle, in a very relaxed... You know how I talked about Century Spice Road, and this is where I'm going to bring that comparison up again as like a coffee game. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right, yeah. like, this is the same. It's, it's a, a, co- coffee, a coffee shop game. It's a coffee and a cake. Mm. Game of us all. Have a think. Relaxed. Enjoy the rest of your day afterwards. It's that kind of game. I think it's wonderful. Is there anything you don't like about it? I would have liked, out of the five different colours, yellow, mm-hmm. black, and what I've referred to as snowflake, have a specific design <laughs> on the top. Which is just another blue, but yeah. Well, that's the thing. White, that's, this, white is, white this is what I'm getting to. The red and the blue are plain, blocky, plastic-looking tiles. The other three mm. have a design printed on them, which really sets what, them out. What I wonder, actually, is why they didn't have a white tile with a blue design, because that was quite literally the one that is sort of mentioned as the inspiration for some of the yeah, background of this that, There is story. that one singular tile which white, denotes white the first tiles, player. The first Just the player, player one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whether the... Is, are the, the white tiles more expensive to make? I wonder Maybe. if it's a production thing. Mm. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, it's a, the tiniest of drawbacks, but I would have liked them to have a variation on those two plain-looking tiles. Yeah, yeah. just some more patterning. Yeah. It still plays fine. It yeah, still yeah. looks grand. It's a mass-produced game, remember as well. So this isn't a a Kickstarter massive. This is no, obviously cost no. is is even. Being a mass-produced game, it's high quality. It yeah. does kind of have a, almost a hand-finished because of the styling of it. Almost has a hand-finished feel. In it a does. Way. It does. Uh, Tom. Anything you don't like about um, it? I, I can't really think of it. Well, no significant enough gripes, I don't think. The only thing that bugs me <laughs> is I wish that the board was double layered. To recess the tiles. Oh, to recess the tiles and to recess the scoring cube. Yeah, that it's would the, be nice. They, it's the only, and I know it's expensive and it's a pain in the dick to well, do for well, like for, for a they, company. They've latterly added an expansion available, which is nigh on the cost of the game itself which is an extra set of boards and a plastic overlay grid which will keep those tiles square in place. Mm. That's legitimately the only thing I can think of. There you go, pay double the cost for the game and you can have that. Yeah, there you go, exactly. Production is the problem. If in future they kind of redo it as a a new release and make that a combinatory thing to not have to buy it separately, I think that would be better than having to buy it as an add-on. Personally, I don't mind having I, I, I a single doubt, layer. I doubt that will bother a lot of people. We're well, we're we're picky. So. Well, here's the thing, and <laughs> and it's only it's the only thing I don't like about it yeah. because it's a wonderful game, and for a game that you can pick up for twenty five quid RRP, um, well, sorry, twenty five quid online, you cannot complain. You cannot no. complain for because the production is wonderful for that amount of money. Quite mm. frankly. So I know Simon mentioned his "Who is this for?" Uh, Tom, what do you think? This, who is, is, this, for? this is for the people who can't think of something to buy someone for Christmas who <laughs> might be interested in uh, gateway board games. This is the very person much, that you yeah. need to drag into games so that they'll you know you'll have someone to play with. I think this is yeah. <laughs> this is another. We've done a few of these recently on the show hmm. of these accessible games, and this is another one. It's a wonderfully accessible... This is right up there as, yeah, can be played with anyone with the willingness to give it a go. I've played this with it's bloody family good. members yeah. that would never yeah. touch a board game normally and they both really enjoyed it. To exactly. See that yeah. Up. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who's picked up, you know, Scrabble or Cluedo or whatever in the past, you go, okay, well, this is only really a, a, a step sideways from that. Here you go. Here's, a, here's something slightly different that is yeah. still relatively straightforward. I'd say this is simpler than Cluedo from my re- yeah. recollection. I went and tried to replay Cluedo a few years ago and I went, my God, this is 
unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> All right, so let's move to those final thoughts then. Simon, what's your final word on Azul? Come find me, come play a game with I really can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this game. It's yeah, I'd be repeating myself in throwing respect to this game. Yeah. Very satisfying. Some aesthetically pleasing and and um yeah, interesting to look at. I really like it. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful example of a entry level abstract strategy game. It doesn't take a huge amount of thinking, but it's definitely something you can get better at the more mm. you play it. Respects your time. It respects your time. You can set it up in five minutes or less. Oh, less than that. You'll yeah. play it in 30 minutes. You can play it with any number or type of people. It's a great potential buy for this Christmas. And uh, I wish we were being sponsored by Plan B Games <laughs> for that particular plug. Um, no, it's a wonderful game, certainly worth a purchase. If you're not into abstracts, give this one a go. It might change your mind on that entire genre of games. Yeah, yeah, you, you're not going to have lost out by at least giving it a try. Absolutely, and at 25 quid, you can't go wrong. So, thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and instagram.com forward slash boardstupiduk spelt b-o-a-r-d and that are home anchor.fm forward slash boardstupid again spelled b-o-a-r-d you can find us on spotify on itunes and anywhere else that you can listen to your favorite podcasts if you like our content do us a massive favor give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to our episodes on social media if you've got any feedback, comments, or questions, stick it in the comments below because we love to hear from you. Have you played Azul? Or have you played any of its iterations since the original? What do you think of the deceptively clever drafting puzzle? Are you an aggressive colour hoarder who just wants to watch the palace burn? <laughs> <laughs> do you hate draft people yeah. just because? I know Tom does. And so yeah. this is very much an insight to Tom. I, norm I normally sit to the to, with Wayne on my left to maximise the opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry> with him. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. All right, who fancies Cortado in a pastel for <laughs> Me, all the oh, time. Yes. <laughs> I love those. <laughs>